All right, so, um, Carl, I, I guess I have an hour and a half, two hours. How much is it? Oh, you have all night. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm just playing. Don't worry. You won't be here all night. Well, it's so good to see you all. I really enjoyed the singing. Um, I got to see your faces and your expression. It's wonderful, wonderful to be together, um, eating and enjoying the Lord together. It's the best uh, use of our time. Uh, and I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you all today. For those of you that don't know me, I'm uh, Johnny Bojwani. I'm here in Waco, Texas, uh, and I'm a professor at, the, at Baylor University. I teach over there. And we're very happy to be involved and blend as much as we can with the uh, Christians at Tamu. So we hope uh, we can do more in the in the future, even a uh, celebration meeting like we did last time. That was that was so much fun. Anyway, but uh, so we are getting into Psalms 45 today. And as you know, those of you that know me, you know that I enjoy it very much when it's interactive and it's not so much a lesson. So. I would uh, I would hope you guys have your uh, outline or or even your Bible ready with you because I've got I've got some names here in my chat so I can call on you to to read a verse or two uh, to help me out. Okay. Uh, anyway, but before we get started, you know, it's important to note that everything in the Old Testament, everything points to one thing, and that is Christ. Christ is the center of God's plan. Everything from Genesis all the way, you know, the whole Old Testament is everything about about points to just one thing, Christ. And I'd like to, I'd like to, you know, kind of let the Bible speak for itself when we say that. Um, so, how about uh, Ezra? Ezra, are you there? Okay. Could you read uh, for me from Luke 24, uh, verse 27? Luke 24:27, and then Sam. If you could read the uh, same chapter, verse 44. So, 27, oh, sorry, ch chapter 24, verse 27, and then same chapter, 24, verse 44. Concerning himself. So this the the context of the story is you've got these two disciples walking and they're talking about what happened, Jesus resurrected, and so the Lord finally kind of talks to them like let me take, let me tell you something about the Old Testament, and he explains it clearly. But we're talking about Psalms, right? Psalm 45. So you might say, well, does that include the Psalms? All right. So Sam, if you could read 44. All right, so there we have the Psalms as well, right? The Psalms are included in that. Even the Psalms are concerning Him, right? So Psalm 45 is very much involved with Christ. It's talking about Christ. All right, so just that as a background, uh, it's good to know who are we talking about here, right? Because um, Usually the psalms are not, you know, they're written as songs, right? It's something you sing. And this one in particular is a song of love. Actually, the translation, the Hebrew word in the psalm, uh, love, is not a father loving his son, 
but kind of a more intimate love, like a husband loving his wife. That's the kind of song of love this is. You know, someone, one of you young people, may you could write a, you could probably put a tune to the song and have us sing it sometime. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to Psalm 45. And how about uh, we have Caleb. Caleb, if you could read verses 1, 2, and 3, and then Grayson, if you could read 4, 5, and 6. Sorry, 4, 5, 6, and 7. Yeah, go ahead and read 7 as well. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil and gladness above your companions. Amen. Okay, so this is this is the this is Psalms 45, right? And we just like the entire Old Testament and those verses we saw in Luke, this also is talking about Christ, right? And there's there's verses in the New Testament that tell us directly actually that this is talking about Christ and that's in that's in Hebrews uh, and I want to read the verse first but after we I read the verse I want you to consider a question that I want to pose to you guys okay uh, so how about we have Sophia if you could read Hebrews 1 verses 8 and 9 and Jasmine if you could uh, read Matthew 316 and I see Isabella there Isabella could you read Luke 418 Okay, just to pause for a second there. The verse starts with saying, but of the Son, capital S, capital S, right? So, but of the Son, your throne, O God, right? So this is a direct quote from Psalm 45. So there's no question about it that Psalm 45 is talking about Christ and how he is the anointed one, right? Because it says, but of the Son. In fact, even here, it it's clear that God, uh, the Son, is in fact God, right? But of the Son, your throne, O God, right? So no doubt about it. Um, so that clearly shows that this is something related, completed to Christ. All right, how about Matthew? Okay. And we have to con we have to consider why this verse is there. Uh, and then Isabella, before you read uh, Luke four eighteen, actually, uh, I do want 
you to read. If you could go a, a verse, yeah, Luke, read 4.18, 4.19, and 4.20, if you don't mind. Sorry, I couldn't hear, but did you finish? <laughs> okay, so you read up to uh, verse 19, right? Okay, um, and then verse 21 says, And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Okay, verse 22 says, And all bore witness to him and marveled at the words of grace proceeding out of his mouth. Right, he, he essentially claimed that this was fulfilled in their hearing, right? So if you go back to Psalm 45, it talks about, you are fairer than the sons of men, grace is poured upon your lips. Again, it kind of shows how what was coming out of him was something that was not spoken by man. This was something altogether different. It was not just another person saying some nice things, but there was something different about what he said. Okay, so the question I have is is there a significance to the Lord being anointed by God? Is there a significance? Why did Christ have to be anointed? Why, in fact, did he uh, have to have this experience being anointed before he started his ministry, right? Like the verse we read in Matthew 3.16 talks about his baptism, linking that to some kind, to his anointing. And it was only after his anointing that he started his ministry, Right? There's something about the anointing that uh, that enabled him to carry out his ministry. Um, so the question is why? Why? I mean, he is God, right? I mean, he is God. Why did he have to have the anointing? So you know, I hope this question uh, where you would consider this on your own. But the answer is very simple. Actually, it was a model for us. It's a model for us because he was anointed by what? He was anointed by the Spirit. He was anointed by the Spirit. So just as he was a man, listen, Christ was actually a man in the flesh, just like you and me. And he had weaknesses, and he had, you know, he uh, he was not, uh, even though he was God, he he humbled himself, right? So he got hungry, he had to, he got tired, all of those things he experienced, right? So he was a man in very much in all the regards like us. But he had the Spirit upon him, and that was his anointing. Okay? And that became a pattern. Uh, and we'll get to that in a second because we have to see what is this anointing? Actually, what does the word anointing even mean? Is it just some Old Testament kind of ritual that they did, or is there some significance to it? Because, you know, they did, they anointed things in the Old Testament. They anointed. Uh, all the utensils in the Old Testament. And there was a lot of anointing going on. It was a kind of a thing that they did, right? But 
as everything in the Old Testament, there's there's definitely a significance to that and it's very applicable to us in the New Testament as New Testament believers today. So we want to see what that is. Um, so let's let's consider this matter of the Spirit, right? Because Matthew 3.16 says he was um, the, the Spirit descended on him as a dove, right? And then Luke 14 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So there's something tied to the Spirit. Okay, so let's read uh, some more verses. Okay, so John 14, uh, 26. How about we uh, go back to uh, Ezra? If you could read John 14, 26. I think it's in the outline. Yeah. So I want you guys to take note of the word, He will teach you all things. The Spirit, right? The Spirit, we're talking about the Spirit over here, He will teach you all things. So even the, the matter of the Spirit might be a little mysterious to all of us. What is the Spirit, right? Well, the Spirit is what makes God real to us. It makes, He's, the, he's even described as the Spirit of reality. Why? Because he makes God real to me. I can experience God today because of the Spirit, right? Um, you, if you think about it, you know, I, I know a lot of historical figures. You've heard of a lot of historical figures like past presidents, Abraham Lincoln or, you know, someone famous, Isaac Newton or whatever. You've heard about them, but can you experience them? You cannot experience them. You can experience those are around you because they're real, right? You can see them, you can talk to them, you can touch them. They're real. Well, you cannot experience people from the past because they're not existing. You can hear about them and you can kind of get an idea. But the spirit of reality, what, comes into you to make Christ as real as a person next to you, right? How is that possible? Because the spirit is the reality of Christ. All right, so why are we talking about this? Well, it's important because we have to realize that the Spirit is the one that is is the anointing in us, and the anointing teaches us. All right, how about, um, Sam, if you could read 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22. Yeah. Okay, so the, the, the words to take note there are, uh, has anointed us. So Christ was anointed with the Spirit, and now we are anointed with the same Spirit. Actually, we've been in, anointed as, we've been, been anointed with Christ as a Spirit in us. Christ is in us. Even His humanity is in us as the Spirit, making it all real to us. So when you call on the Lord, we were just singing earlier, right? As you're singing, you are touching something real, something divine, right? Something that is moving in you. How do you how do you explain that? Well, that is the Spirit who is making this real to you. To every second that you are with the Lord, you're praying, you're opening, you're singing, whatever you're doing, when you do those things, you are touching something divine because the Spirit is living and moving in you. All right, so... From John fourteen twenty six, we see he will teach you all things. Okay, and then Second Corinthians one, uh, the anointing is in us. 
All right, so finally, how about Caleb, if you could read 1 John 2.27. Amen. Okay, so this verse sometimes is quite confusing to people because it says, you have no need that anyone teach you. Uh, you have no need that anyone teach you. So what am I doing right now? <laughs> uh, in fact, so the Bible says we have no need that anyone teach you. So why should there be preachers out there? Why should there be ministers of the word out there? There should be no teachers because the verse is very clear. Um, actually, the best teachers, the ones who are speaking, um, are not here to teach you. Actually, we are here to, to open the Bible, to show you some things from the Bible, but to allow the Spirit to move in you. The word anointing is actually referring to the moving and the working of the Spirit in you. Just like it did on, with the Lord. The Lord had the anointing on him, and that enabled him to carry out his ministry. So each of you, as a believer, have now received the anointing, the same anointing of the Spirit in you, to do what? To move and to work, right? But without that, you cannot do anything. Actually, if you do something, it would be of no use, because it is without the Spirit. But in one sense you have no one to teach you because the anointing teaches you so as we open up this word to you right and as you're considering it allowing the spirit to work in you and move in you that's what that's what matters so whenever you hear a message or something being opened up hopefully it's only the bible being opened up to you and not some not an opinion but when when the bible's opened up to you then you consider those verses and consider how the Lord is opening something up to you. Actually, Paul said, he said he considered the Bereans more noble, right? Why? Because they studied the scriptures on their own, right? They didn't just take Paul's word for it. They went back to the Bible to see it, to study it. So what does all of this got to do with you in your personal daily life? Well, actually, the anointing, you realize that if you realize it or not, is teaching you at every time. How is it that? How is it doing that? Well, uh, when you are in your daily life, you come across so many times where you have to make a decision, or you have to choose this way or choose that way, and you sometimes you have a sense, and sometimes you don't. But that is the anointing. That is the moving of the spirit in you. And sometimes you don't know what to do, so you call on the Lord or you pray. Oh, such a good way to to find out what to do. Why? Because the Lord as the Spirit is moving in you. You just need to let the, the Spirit stir up in you, right? And as He's stirred up, you might get some leading. Actually, He might even send another member of the body to fellowship with you, to even give you some more sense. Even though that member doesn't even know what you're going through, they would, they're just that fellowship allows the Spirit to stir in you. Let me share with you two quick stories. Okay, so one, there was a young brother, <coughs> college age, just like many of you, um, and he got a coupon in the mail to go uh, buy some shoes. He wanted to buy some Nike shoes, and there was 50% off coupon, right? 50% off coupon. So he went to the mall, and he went to go buy these shoes, and he got to the store. He found the shoes. They were about 100 120 bucks, and uh, he wanted to buy these shoes. 
and so the coupon he got this coupon right and so he would get 50% off so maybe 50 60 dollars it's doable anyway so we went to the register and uh, they said the coupon is invalid okay so he would have to pay the full price for those shoes okay so I think some of you are saying oh I know where the story is going so you're saying that the spirit told him not to buy the shoes because they're so expensive no that's not it actually he bought the shoes he had no problem buying the shoes for 120 bucks no problem at all okay on his way out he's going by a bookstore right and he goes into the bookstore and he's just browsing some books and he sees this one book that he really likes like wow this is a really great book I want to get into this and he looks at the price and it's eight dollars eight and he goes oh yeah that's cheap I can go buy this I could buy this book so he's going to the register and all of a sudden within him no peace just a kind of a uneasiness you know he just didn't know how to explain it but he just felt so uneasy so he puts the book back and then he doesn't know what's going on but he just didn't feel like he needed to get that book anyway he puts the book back and the minute he put it back he realized wow that book would have occupied him it would have just occupied his being the shoes was not a big deal to him like he would put on the shoes and no no problem at all but within him there was a stirring there was a moving of the spirit saying no because why because there was something that he would just get so distracted and occupied with and would take up his time more than the Lord so it's not about money it's not about right or wrong it's about the sense of the spirit you have in you what is the spirit doing the spirit doesn't care about money but the spirit cares about what occupies our heart right so that sense we have we should listen to that sense Lord what are you doing in me maybe you get a message and you know the quote Christian thing to do the right thing to do but until you go to the Lord yourself you're not gonna know right just because everybody is doing something it doesn't mean you have to do that thing because you have a relationship with the Lord and the Lord knows what's in your heart what it, what you're attached to what you're not attached to okay real quick second story you know there's a brother who uh, uh, a young student over here got an opportunity for an internship in New York City and the other thing was he could go on a mission trips with his church he was gonna go on a mission trip with his church or an internship in New York City okay so many of us are thinking what's the quote Christian thing to do right well it's go on a mission trip because that is quote preaching the gospel that's doing all the Christian work that you're supposed to do anyway and he considered it and prayed before the Lord and he had the peace to go to New York City to do that internship and not go on this mission trip well did he do the right thing or the wrong thing <laughs> and he did this in fellowship actually he did the right thing because he happened to meet someone there that really needed to know the Lord so maybe he if he had gone on this mission trip uh, he may have not even met one person that was open but he went on this internship and he met somebody that was open to the Lord you see the Lord knows and we have to have that sense but here's the here's the most important thing we have to open to the Lord and consider how is the anointing moving and working in you so Sam don't worry about what Grayson's doing right you have to consider Lord what about me Lord how would you how would this word affect me Lord what about what do I do in this situation what do I do in that situation how do I prepare for this right all of those things we can get some general fellowship right that gives us a general direction 
but maybe you unless you take it to the Lord then sorry you're being you're just being religious right if you hear a message and you decide okay I'm gonna go do this that's that's what religion does that's what religion teaches us but actually af as we hear the word we let it operate in us right and we we know we don't just take the word for take anyone's word for it we go to the Lord Lord what about this word Lord how would you operate in me regarding this particular word right then you start to live uh, the Christian life you start to live uh, a life that is anointed in Christ this is the way Christ lived right consider the way he lived he was one with the Father at every point he didn't just do things he checked with the Father he always brought the Father into every conversation Father what is your feeling this and you know just always in union with the Father this is how we need to live our lives right we we hear a message the message is not the teaching the teaching comes from the anointing it comes from the moving of the spirit in us right so as we consider it we should consider Lord how are you moving in a, in me right and then the anointing can teach you and that's why that verse is so important first John 2 27 we absolutely need prophets and teachers but the teachers are there just to stir up the spirit in you so that you can go then to the Lord and see what the Lord is doing you. Okay, sorry, I went, I may have gone over, but I'll stop here. Praise the Lord.